This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I'm so excited to speak with Scott McKay, who, along with his wife Emily, are professional dating and relationship coaches. Scott and Emily are able to travel the world without selling everything to become nomadic. Instead, they started several businesses and create income while enjoying a life of adventure, discarding the myth that you can no longer have adventures when you have a family. Listen on to find out how to become a remote relationship coach and succeed after you hit rock bottom. for joining us for this interview with Scott. Hey, Scott, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? I'll tell you what, I I am on my third career. Probably the first takeaway from this entire show is when people talk about a life purpose, you can actually complete it and move on to another one in the same life. My wife and I have been dating and relationship coaches for 13 years now. And the interesting thing about that is we really can work everywhere in the world. We started popping out more children once we met each other. My wife and I had one each uh, from when we uh, met. And now we have a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. And it occurred to us shortly after the birth of our oldest son together that you know we didn't have to stop traveling or stop and stay put here at home in San Antonio simply because we had a child. A couple of the great myths in this life are that once you get married, your bucket list, you know, had better be done because you're tied down. And then, oh my God, when you start having children, your life really is over and you can't do anything else. We've knocked more items off our bucket list and had more adventures together, Emily and I, since we've been married and since we've had our two youngest children than we ever had in our lives before that combined. So um, that's what we do nowadays. We help people find love. Uh, We have a travel blog also, which is kind of a side venture for us, but uh, a labor of love nonetheless. And uh, we can do the work that we love to do anywhere in the world, and we take our kids with us when we travel. So, Scott, can you take us back to your previous work? Good grief. Why in the world would you (laughs) want to do that? I don't. How, How did you manage to leave that and then to transition to this and to doing dating coaching? You know, back when I was much younger, I I worked with at-risk kids from uh, Mexican-American families, learned fluent Spanish, and worked with those kids for years. Just felt like I was changing the world and and making the world a better place and learning so much at the same time. You know, I I got as much out of it as anybody I helped during those times. And and I, I loved coaching those kids, which is really what I was doing before the term ever even really was in vogue. When that became a, a, a vita loca, I, I got into the business world in, well, it was 1995. And so what happened then? You know, the internet. And I was in the right place at the right time and got involved in the dot-com stuff, basically with all the picks and shovels, you know, like all the Cisco systems gear, and did extraordinarily well at that to the point where I got hired by Lucent Technologies in, in 2000. Boy, was my mom proud of me. Yet, it was pretty much the most boring 
two years of my life and, and the most unfulfilling two years of my life to work for that company. But really, the most exciting, fulfilling thing that ever happened in two years of having that job that quite literally some people would probably kill for was going to the to the skybox for San Antonio Spurs games with customers. That was pretty much what I lived for. I got to do that a couple dozen times and that was the most that was the most amazing thing I ever did in that job. I had to remind myself I had this incredible dream job. Like this is what I wanted. This is the pinnacle of being in internet-based IT sales, you know, in this techie world. This is the job everybody would kill for. I just had to keep reminding myself that. Because it was the emptiest existence ever <laughs> from a professional perspective. So I started planning my escape route thinking, okay, now, you know what I really miss? I really miss working with those kids. I really miss actually making a difference. I don't like working for a Fortune 50 company making a Fortune 10 company richer. I don't like that. I wanted to find a way where I could do what I love doing and what was really actually fulfilling to me while making the same money I was making at that job. To me, that was how it would work. Because let's face it, when I was working for that nonprofit, you know, the last week of the month was pretty much how much gas can I put in my Kawasaki ZX7 sports bike was really what I was thinking. <laughs> but either way, I had $20 to work with and that just didn't cut it. So I wanted to build a life where I was doing what I love to do at the same time, having enough money to, to do what I wanted to do. I mean, I'm not a greedy person. I don't need to make gazillions of dollars, but it's really nice to have enough to do what you want to do and put some aside. And that's what we did. And for me, I went through a very rough divorce about the same time my job that I just described, the quote unquote dream job ended. My wife, who was unfortunately diagnosed with uh, a severe mental illness, uh, decided to leave me. And so I found myself unemployed and alone, uh, kind of hit rock bottom, stereotypically. And I didn't want that to happen again. So I, I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about what women are attracted to and how to be that guy. And I did that successfully enough that my friends started wondering how in the world a guy like me was showing up <laughs> places with the women I, I was coming there with. And I finally, I met my wife and who's wonderful. She's, she's everything I, I, I mean, if I would have written God a requisition for the kind of wife I wanted, he would have sent me my wife. Talking about when you left your job and then you had your divorce and you had to find that point in your life where you needed the courage and the confidence to start dating again. How did you find yourself in that situation and find that confidence again after going through such an ordeal and so many life-changing events in your life? Well, you have to. There's no place to go but up. I mean, either you're going to drown in alcohol and depression or you're going to do what I did, which is look in the mirror and go, I, I do not like being a victim. I mean, if you're a victim, you've lost your personal power. Sometimes the hardest part and the things that you feel like are the worst things in your life are actually the things that will push you into the right direction because sometimes you're not going to do it yourself. <laughs> you betcha. I mean, for a lot of people, it takes hitting rock bottom to do anything. It takes, you know, someone proverbially moving your cheese, you know. In my case, I really honestly, it wasn't in my DNA to be a guy who lost, to be a loser. I mean, you know, what's the worst name 
a man can call another man. It's a loser. I mean, you're such a loser. You know, I, I didn't want to be a loser. I didn't want to be a victim. And the way not to be a victim is to do something. So what I did was I took ownership of the problem. I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to be a better man. And I'm going to understand women better. And I'm going to do what it takes to be more attractive to them. And, and that felt good. That felt right. And as it turns out, Debbie, you know, I did have things I could improve on, obviously. And it worked out. Um, so, you know, to kind of tie up the answer to your previous question, what happened was I was so passionate about that success, uh, doing better with women in my life, that I really felt a huge, incredible passion that motivated me towards an ambition of being the kind of guy who could help, at first, other men find great women in their lives. And this was the, the time when the pickup artist movement was going on. <laughs> Most guys who were out there teaching guys how to be better with women, they were teaching them how to just pick up women and have sex. I was actually endeavoring to teach men how to be great men and find real high quality partnerships with women for the rest of their lives and do what I was doing with my wife. So I had to cut a whole different niche, which we still have today. And of course, you know, with the evolution of all that and, and the evolution of people's thinking, you know, our way of looking at it in terms of respecting each other as men and women has endured. And all those other people who were teaching the sleazier aspects of it have kind of fallen by the wayside and, and rightly so. But that was where my passion was. And that's what drew me to do this. And that's, I think, what's given the staying power of the years is I, I really believe in this. And I'm really passionate about it. And it's something I really want to change the world with. So for a lot of our listeners who are still trying to look for a significant other, what would be the first step or the best advice that you can give them when they really are looking for the right person? Well, our tagline, and, and indeed it's our website, is deserve what you want. And when I wrote that book back in 2006 of that title, I thought it was kind of a trite, banal phraseology. You know, it seems like a, just a generic name. And I Googled it, and not one instance of the phrase came up in the entire history of the Internet, <laughs> which which I figured I'd type something wrong. There had to be a typo. You know, this is before Google corrected typos. And yet it, it was a novel concept of deserving what you want. Everybody talks about get what you deserve. Here's three simple phrases you can whisper in a woman's ear to make her want you and only you. Here's three simple love phrases you can whisper in a man's ear and it makes him ro come running back to you with a dozen roses and never cheat on you. And, you know, it's everything my partner is going to do for me. You know, women are, are the enemy. Here, here's how you subdue them. And I just think that's so twisted and wrong. If you want to have a great partnership with someone, if you want to have a great relationship with someone, you first have to be the kind of person the person of your dreams is also going to want. That's what deserving what you want means. The first step, obviously, is to be the man or woman who the, the, the person of your dreams is looking for. You, you do this self-work. I think the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to be masculine or feminine. Masculinity and femininity are the building blocks of sexual attraction. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about fighting that nowadays, but this is the way it's been for millennia. And to fight it is really fighting the tidal wave of parthenogenesis. It really is. I mean, this is how we procreate. And if we don't procreate, we don't further the human race. So trying to say that masculinity and femininity are either or somehow wrong or a, so a pure social construct, 
you know, feel feel free to be masculine and feminine, and and feel free to be virtuous in either, and and you will be much more attractive to the people you're trying to attract. I completely agree with that, Scott, because it, it is, it's, there's a lot of arguments about that and how you shouldn't be too feminine, but that's what makes us female, right? It's because we're feminine and that's why we're attracted to males is because of their masculinity and, and just embracing who we are and our sexuality in that sense as well. You know, men in particular are afraid of that because of what's talked about in society nowadays when you met your wife and you are talking about dating and you wanted to start this job how did you pursue this new career and this new business that you had with her you know there's a lot of talk about firing the boss and starting your new job and doing it overnight it was very much a soft handoff for us matter of fact i think it happened a little more quickly than it does for most in that it took eight months to get X and Y communications, which is our, our brand off the ground. But people talk about finding this incredible golden nugget and starting it tomorrow and making multiple six figures today. Everybody loves the easy button, right? But we worked on it by building relationships and calling people we respected who were already in the field and saying to them, here's what I can do for you. I was asking not what other thought leaders could do for me. I was offering to them what I could do for them. I mean, I had a list of 15, 20 people, and I'm calling people up who have lists of 60,000 people, and I'm saying, here's how I can help build your, your subscriber list. I'd love to add value to you somehow. And people were really impressed by that. And to this day, I mean, now that I'm in the opposite position, I'm the guy with the list, you know, of, of people and, and the podcast with all the uh, subscribers. I get people emailing me every week going, hey, can you do this for me? And you should let me on your show. You should tell your audience about me, 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 and here's what I can do. Here's me, me. Here's what you're going to do for me. And, you know, those go into the, uh, the trash folder. <laughs> I delete them. But I think that was the attitude that changed everything for us because then we had people who were already established putting us on their show, getting us in front of an audience, giving us amazing opportunities pitching my book to their audience and getting sales as a direct result through affiliate marketing. Plus, we were good and we were passionate and we were good together and people sensed that we were walking the talk. We first started X and Y on the Fly podcast in, in 2006, which was the stone age of podcasting. The uh, big mistake I made was I outsmarted myself in branding. You know, from there, I was learning how to do email marketing and I built a huge list on AWeber to this day. It's ginormous. Between the podcasting and the writing, started a blog, which went pretty well. All those different ways of kind of getting in front of people with written word, with the spoken word, then later with video, of course. All of those ways of trying to enhance people's lives with real good, solid input on how they can find love, all added up over the years. The two things I mentioned really are what caused me to hit critical mass with Emily and, and be able to quit the day job and do this full time. Partnering with other people from a position of giving rather than getting and, and the podcast. Once you're not just doing this for yourself and you're helping other people and you're building other people up, it comes back to you twofold, sometimes even more. So, Scott, you talked about having a podcast and having a blog and then you have your coaching for dating. How did you actually create income from this from the start and how do you create income today? 
three primary sources of our income are downloadable information products. Um, at this point, whatever your sticking point is in dating and relationships, you can download something from me that will help you turn that around. That's where you put a lot of time and effort into something that is your heart and soul. But once it's done, there's no further work necessary for you. You simply put it out there, market it, and people buy it. Uh, the other thing is affiliate marketing. When I had this concept that turned out to be a valid one of wanting to help other people, that concept leads to affiliate marketing, which is where, of course, you get a, a link that's uniquely yours, and it tracks your traffic sent to somebody else's product, and you pitch somebody else's product that could help people in a way that perhaps your own can't. It adds value to your audience, to your tribe, so to speak, that you presented it to them. And then every time a sale is made, you get a cut of it. That dramatically expands your product line beyond things that you've uniquely produced yourself. That's been huge over the years. And of course, kind of contrary to this whole freedom concept is, is I do still coach people because I'm passionate about it. I love it. I love being on the phone with people. I especially love helping them write emails and figure out online dating. That's the third way is, is actual coaching. It's incredible how you have those different streams of income and they're all very unique and also really unique to your talent as well, you and your wife. So Scott, let's fast forward to 30 years from now. You're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Here's something that's really scary. It's scarier than it is wonderful. It sounds great on the surface, but it's pretty scary. If I got hit by a bus today, I would have lived a full life. I've done it all. I've had it all. I've been incredibly blessed. People's lives have been changed. I've learned. I've done. I've adventured. We have two boys and two girls. The woman of my dreams, job of my dreams, the travels, the adventures, the accomplishments, it's all been done. But there's still that passion to help. And there's still a push in my mind to do more to come up with new fun things to do um, that matter. I would think that over the next number of years, I, I don't plan on retiring, Debbie, because I kind of feel retired now. Whenever I get caught in traffic in the morning or in the afternoon, I just go, thank God I don't have to do this every day. You know, I used to have to. And I was like, you know, you, you get these glimpses reminding yourself of stuff you don't have to do anymore. And you remind yourself of how blessed you are. And, you know, we built this. We made the decisions. We put the process and we put the machine in place to make it happen. And I think if I look back on it 30 years from now, it'll be the same feeling I have today, except there'll be more memories. There'll be more to look at. We'll have gone more places. We'll probably have started another couple ventures. Sounds like a good life already, you know, and you've done so many things already because you had the courage to do that and you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that for a lot of us, that's really that point where we stop ourselves because of fear or we just feel like we can't do it because we don't have that courage or just a self-confidence as well. And, you know, listening to you and your story, it's good to know that you can go out of that even when you're facing so many extreme things and just to build yourself back up again. I appreciate your kind words, but I'm no hero. I mean, I am a dork. I mean, I'm a total <laughs> goofball. I mean, have you not figured that out already? <laughs> I am just a guy who decided I felt really dumb at my dream job. I mean, this was supposed to be my dream job, but it felt like office space too. You know what I mean? It was like very unfulfilling. And, and I like 
fulfilling things in life, not being unfulfilled. I, I didn't want to waste my time. And I, I mean, if you think about it, it's sort of self-absorbed thought to say, oh my gosh, I'm wasting my, I mean, who cares? Really, honestly, nobody cares. You, you, you want to waste your life? Great. Lots of people are wasting their life. If, and if they don't care, nobody else does either. But I, I spend so much of my time in my childhood being a people pleaser and trying to impress everybody and seeking approval from people and having it not worked that in my adulthood, when I realized how detrimental that was socially, I, I just went in the opposite direction. I, I didn't want this to be about me. I didn't want it to be about Emily. You know, Emily's the same way. But I'm just a guy. I'm a guy who found the right woman. And I want you to find the right woman. I, I can do it because I got fed up and I just put the time in to figure out how the hell to keep my head above water for a while until it started working. And, you know, I guess not a lot of people get around to doing that in life. But then again, remember, I had to hit rock bottom before I did anything. I, I, I would still be in a cubicle at Lucent to this day if they would have let me. Let me just put it this way. The entire first two years I ran this business. Every day I would learn something that I felt stupid that I didn't know before that day for two solid years. I mean, to, to make you laugh, to make your audience laugh, anybody who's in the internet marketing business out there, it was a full eight months in. I didn't even know what affiliate marketing was. I had at the end of my first book, Deserve What You Want, the first first edition of it, it said, hey, if you know anybody who would like a copy of this book, recommend it to them. Let me know that you did it and I'll send you something for free. And I had finally someone said, you idiot, have you ever heard of an affiliate link? I'm like, huh? what's an affiliate link? And they're like, no, surely you're you're not that stupid. I was like, well, what do you mean? And the guy went, oh. I called the guy. I was like, and he's like sighing on the other end of the phone. It's like, really, dude? I, I saw all these links with A. Weber at the end and I thought everybody worked for the same company. I'm like, who is this conglomerate A. Weber that has all these great email you know, newsletters? I literally was cutting and pasting 20 addresses at a time into Outlook and sending an email newsletter out. And finally, someone, you know, emails me and goes, no, Papa, you can't do that. You you know, you have to have an, an unsubscribe link. And you need an email service provider. You need like A. Weber. A. Weber, I've seen that <laughs> word before. And the guy's sighing on the other end of the phone like, no, really? Am I having this conversation? Do you know what email marketing is? It's like, well, I mean, yes, where you market with email. It's like. Go to aweber.com and actually figure out what they do. And for when, you, when, you, when you mail me from now on, make sure it's one of those links at the end of your email, too, that hangs up on me. Oh, wow. You mean I could just upload all my email addresses into this, hit one button, and the emails got to everybody? <laughs> oh, my God. That is so cool. This is like September of the following year when I started when I realized this existed. So, no, I'm I'm not courageous. I'm not a hero. I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm <laughs> one of the idiots out there who just took a real hell of a long time to get my butt out of the sling and figure out how to do this. But it's also about just learning and being really motivated to do it and always learning every day. And that's what you did. So that makes you very special, Scott. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> and yet she persisted. <laughs> Anybody can do this. You have to have the passion. There's a message that you desperately want to give to the world. What is it? And then you figure out how to find those people. And you find those people by finding other people who have found those people and, and helping their businesses and help their notoriety. And that's just human psychology. It makes people want to help you. It's so easy, but not a lot of people get it. <laughs> 
That's a very intuitive statement. And I think it's kind of like a metaphor for dating. There's a lot of people out there who want to get dates and they want to have a pretty girlfriend or a real nice boyfriend, but they just don't get it, do they? And mm-hmm. and it's not hard to get. It's be the kind of person you'd want to date. I have what I call archetypal attraction traits. I'm pretty proud of this. Maybe I'm courageous after all. Who knows? <laughs> but archetypal attraction traits are the things that we're all really attracted to. I mean, we think, you know, that we're all attracted to a certain look or a certain personality type, but really it's kind of like, you know... I'd really love a lying, cheating son of a bitch who's a cold-hearted, evil person for a boyfriend. Said nobody ever, right? (laughs) Honesty, being fun instead of being boring, being optimistic instead of pessimistic. These are the kinds of things that everybody is looking for. The more of those boxes of what everybody's looking for that you can check off, the more you're going to go on dates, the more you're going to meet people and actually connect with them, the more people will actually like you. And I think that's where a lot of people don't get it. I mean, I have a woman to me and say, I think all men are lying, cheating jerks who only want one thing. Can you find me a good husband? (laughs) And it's like, no, you know, because all the guys who actually like and respect women aren't going to be caught dead in a relationship with her. And it's not gender specific, obviously. There's men who are the same way. I got these guys, men going their own way, you know, MIGTO guys. You know, all women are out to cuckold you and cheat on you. They're all cheaters. It's all, you know, in their genetic code that they're always looking to upgrade the man in their life and they're always going to cheat on you and then they'll take your money and your children and you'll never see them again and you'll end up committing suicide because men have such horrible suicide rates because of women. Um, But I'm really horny. Can you find me a girlfriend? It's like, oh, good Lord. You know, we get that. And those are the people who you're saying don't get it. And I think a lot of times in the entrepreneurial world, it would go like this. Um, I'm ready to quit the day job and I want to be the next Tony Robbins. Like, okay, so what's your first goal? To be the next Tony Robbins. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, you'll never be it because if your first step that you're going to see the light of success by is being the next Tony Robbins, you're going to quit because, you know, you've got to have little successes before you can get yeah. to that. That's- I think a lot of people just look at Tony Robbins and just want that, but they don't want the work that goes along with it or they don't know what it's like. So Scott, I want to know what you're working on currently that's really exciting to you. Well, other than the submarine I'm building in my basement. <laughs> what? <laughs> my wife and I are expanding our brand for Unchained Office, where we're helping other people start their own lifestyle entrepreneurial businesses. And we do that, and we do it effectively. It's a long slog. And, and when I coach people, really what I'm doing is I'm saving them the frustration of having to go eight months without knowing what AWeber is. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You know, I, I wouldn't want anybody have to do that. I always say to myself, I really could have used myself 15 <laughs> years ago. Where was I when I needed myself 15 years ago? Um, when I first got divorced and I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, you're a slob and you're never going to see a woman naked again. I really could have used a dating coach because I was so wrong about that. There weren't any. I think nowadays a lot of people are trying to read books and they want to piece together podcasts and blog posts and and figure out how to build a lifestyle where they're doing what they're passionate about. And sometimes it's a lot easier. Well, every time it's a lot easier if you just have someone who listens to you and hears what your vision is, helps you figure out what that vision is and helps you along the path to getting there as quickly as possible rather than slogging around for five years. 
and and you already know my personality type. I, I don't put myself up as some kind of guru. I, I'm not a self-promoter. I'm a guy who did this and can share with you all my mistakes and silly stories and successes and make it just easier for you. And I, I'm a teacher by trade. I know how to impart the information that I have. And I think that's why people really appreciate that. Plus, like I said, Emily and I are both we weren't born with a silver spoon in our mouths when it comes to any of this stuff. So we've made the mistakes. We've looked silly. Um, we're not necessarily naturals. It's all learned skill for us. But, you know, calculated the number of hours I've spent dating, coaching, and immersed in this stuff. And, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours. It's like 30,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it's incredible what you can actually accomplish once you start doing what you really love to do and you find that. So that's really incredible. And I'm really excited for all of these things that you're working on. So Scott, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Well, since we're talking to podcast people, I mean, the first place you'd probably want to go is our podcast. My podcast, the really popular one, is called The Mountaintop, and it's mostly for men, but more than happy to have women listen to. Uh, that's The Mountaintop Podcast. You can find it under Self-Help Sexuality on, uh, on iTunes. The original podcast that Emily and I got on the map with, I already mentioned, which is X and Y on the Fly. It's still out there. We put occasional shows out. But that's a lot of fun. You know, you can hear Emily and I interacting together. And then we also have a travel podcast called Wing It Worldwide, W-I-N-G-I-T. Um, you can look that up on iTunes. And really, we're a couple of confused American tourists going all over the world trying to make heads or tails of what we're seeing. And that, I'm not going to make it into anything other than that. But it's fun, and it's a way to kind of hear – a little bit behind the scenes about different destinations. Each show is a destination and we talk about what we experienced. You know, we're not going to talk about going to France and seeing the Eiffel Tower because you can read about that on Rick Steves or something. It's more something strange or interesting that happened while we were, uniquely to us while we were there. and gives you a more idea of the culture. So those three podcasts are great. If you're looking to find love and you're a man or a woman and, uh, you know, you feel like you already deserve what you want or you want to deserve what you want more. Give me a call. Let's talk about getting you the love of your life. I'm sure you'll have our contact information up there on the website. Um, our main website is deservewhatyouwant.com. You send anything to deservewhatyouwant.com, it'll it'll get to me. And and so, you know, my name is Scott, obviously, S-C-O-T. Send it to Scott at deservewhatyouwant.com. Talk to me and let's see what we can do for you. What you see is what you get. When you get on the phone with me, you're going to be talking to the same guys talking at you now. I, I mean, I don't I don't play a character. I don't play a fictional character. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, I'm looking at myself here. I'm actually real. <laughs> I exist. So there you go. Well, that's good to know that you're a real person, Scott. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not some sort of robot, so that's good. Oh, my God. Can you imagine 100 years from now when we get into that situation, you can't tell oh who's what? Oh, I hope not. I don't even want to think about it. Hopefully by then. Yeah, I'll, that's yeah. a whole different show. Yeah, I'll be dead. So, <laughs> oh, Thank you so much, Scott. You are incredible, and I love what you're doing and what you're doing to help other people. So I really appreciate all of these tips that you gave us. Well, back at you, Debbie. You're doing it. You're very charming, and and uh, you have a great sense of humor. And I've I've enjoyed being on this show tremendously. Time has flown, by the way. Wow. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. <laughs> 
hope you enjoyed this interview with Scott. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Scott where he shares how to continue having adventures after children. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.